Acts chapter 8. I will always also be reading from Hebrews chapter 6. Amen. Apologize for the glowing apple in your face tonight. Technical difficulties kept me from switching my notes over tonight to my iPad. So. I think God can preach whatever he wants to preach through whatever he wants to preach through. That's why I know God can use me. He used a donkey one time. Acts chapter 8, and I'm going to begin with verse number 14 of Acts the 8th chapter. Now, when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John. Anybody ever heard of them? Who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Now pay attention. Peter and John were sent. Everybody say they were sent. And when they were come down, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen on none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 17, Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. And when Simon... Now, Simon's a sorcerer. When Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power that on whomsoever I lay my hands they may receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said unto him, Thy money is going to perish with thee. Because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. There's some things money can't buy. And Holy Ghost anointing is one of them. Hebrews chapter 6. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Of the doctrine of baptisms. How many of you are glad you've been baptized? And of the doctrine of laying on of hands and of the doctrine of the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment the doctrine of baptisms, the doctrine of laying on of hands, the doctrine of resurrection of the dead, the doctrine of eternal judgment. I want to preach tonight for a little while by the help of the Lord, and I don't know how long we will preach. We'll preach as long as it takes for God to move or for me to give up, one of the two. The doctrine of laying on of hands, the doctrine of laying on of hands. Lord, help tonight. Lord, this flesh can be weary and tired. 
But I pray now, Lord, that you strengthen every person in this room. I pray right now that the strength and power of the Holy Ghost rest upon these good people and upon this messenger tonight. I pray, Lord, that we all subject ourselves to you and that the will of God be done in this service tonight. And that through the, the laying on of hands, before we leave here tonight, Lord, the laying on of hands of the ministry, Lord, you perform miracles and signs and wonders in this room tonight. I pray for a sensitivity of the Spirit to rest upon every person in this house. I pray for extreme sensitivity, Lord, for the moment when you are ready to move, that your power moves through this house. Lives are touched and hearts are changed through the laying on of hands. And we believe you for it now. Somebody put your hands together and give God praise. For truly he's worthy. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, God bless you. You can be seated tonight. Paul was admonishing the Hebrews to leave Judaism and to fully embrace Christianity as it was taught to them. I, I, for the life of me, I cannot understand why people are trying to lead Christianity to re-embrace Judaism. That makes no sense when the Apostle Paul is telling them to leave Judaism and embrace Christianity and uh, to, to leave the basic doctrines and some of these things that they had believed from the beginning of time and to move into an element of relationship with Christ. What he was telling them is don't turn back from the substance that we now enjoy in the New Testament to return to the beggarly elements of the Old Testament, to the methods of the Old Testament, to the counting of days and the counting of weeks and and all of the things that they had done in the Old Testament, which were uh, primarily the keeping of feast and the certain days and, and uh, the, the ritualism of the laws and all of these things that he's telling them to, to, to leave the basic principles uh, that they had been taught in Judaism and to move forward into Christianity for it was a higher level. The text is not contrasting levels of Christianity from infant to mature, but rather contrasting the visible and invisible and dif differentiating between the typology of the Old Testament and the New Testament fulfillment of Christ, which had come, therefore leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings, the NIV says, uh, of the doctrines of Christ and to move into deeper relationship with the Lord and understand that there are more, there's more in the Lord than what we can see and understand on the surface. So what he is saying here, contrary to many popular beliefs, is that uh, Paul is saying that the Old Testament is elementary or juvenile and that the New Testament is the fulfillment and new and mature revelation, not the opposite. So many uh, today seem to be drifting away from the mature teachings of Christ and they are going back to uh, the law of the, of the Old Testament and trying to pull back and reach back into the laws and the teaching. Uh, of Judaism, and uh, Paul here is admonishing them, in fact, that that is the beginning, that is the first steps, that is types and shadows, but Christ has come to fulfill all of the law, and that the law through him is fulfilled, and we're not abolishing the law, but in the New Testament we are fulfilling the law. And in our text, Paul is referring to the elementary teachings uh, such as the prophecies concerning the Messiah coming into the world, the types and figures of the work that he should perform, 
And then uh, we should also be aware of the modern applications of the Old Testament principles that are transferred and taught in the New Testament. An example of an Old Testament principle that is taught in the Old Testament that transfers into the New Testament and is taught emphatically in the New Testament is that of the doctrine of laying on of hands. And this was an Old Testament principle that became a New Testament doctrine. And uh, it was not left in the Old Testament, was, but was brought into the New Testament. Several times we read uh, in the Scripture about the laying on of hands. The laying on of hands were, was significant. It was for the impartation or the bestowing of blessing and power. There was a purpose to the laying on of hands. It was much more. I've talked about this uh, to you before. Tonight I want to get a little deeper and I want to take a very spiritual route and not so much an information or teaching route, although there's going to be some information and teaching in what I am saying to you tonight. I don't want the teaching to, 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 to put a damper on the moving of the Spirit that I anticipate happening before we leave here tonight. So the laying on of hands was, it signified impartation, the bestowing of blessing and power. Israel, uh, in Genesis chapter 48, we read of Israel blessing Ephraim and Manasseh, the sons of Joseph. And originally, Israel was named Jacob. And, and, and you've read the story. Most of you uh, here uh, understand and know this story of Genesis 48. Verse 14 says that Israel stretched out his right hand and he laid it on Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and the left hand upon Manasseh's head, guiding his hands wittingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. And what is happening here is that there was impartation. And in the Old Testament, it was so significant that the right hand be laid upon the hand of the eldest. And when the right hand was laid upon the hand of the eldest, it was, uh, it was much more than just uh, walking up to, to, uh, to a son and uh, taking a hand and, and laying it upon his head. It was much more than that. It was very, very significant. The laying of the hand upon the head was very significant. It was, it was not to be taken lightly. When a hand was laid upon a head, everything uh, that was going on here was to be uh, very clearly uh, specific detail. Uh, you, you, you should pay attention to what is happening here. For here comes uh, these, two, these two lads, and Israel takes his hand, and when tradition would have been that he would have laid his right hand upon the eldest. Instead, he crossed his hands, and he laid his hands uh, opposite of what culture would have said he should have laid them, for he was directed to, uh, to, for the blessing to go to the younger and not to the elder, and this was this was uh, also uh, important for us to 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 understand. There was an impartation that happened there. That meant that once the hand was laid upon the head, it was it was that of blessing. You know, uh, there's another story about uh, one who sold his birthright uh, for 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 just a little bit of soup. If you go through many of these texts in the Old Testament, we could go through and we can see the laying on of hands being very significant through 
these passages. For when the right hand was laid upon the head of the firstborn son, there was a transference that happened uh, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Uh, when the right hand was laid upon them of the father or the grandfather, the spiritual leader, uh, the right hand was significant that everything that he owned had just been transferred into uh, the ownership of another. Uh, when, when he had done so, I think all my dad's going to transfer over to, to me is probably going to be a bill or two when he's gone. There's not a whole lot to, to transfer. Anybody else in my shoes feel sorry for me tonight. Uh, he gave it all away. So, uh, so be it. I don't need it. God's going to bless me with uh, uh, mansions untold. And so it was very significant because all the herds, the livestock, the cattle, everything that they, everything that they had uh, was going to be given uh, over to them. And it was, it was very significant for the hand was withheld. It, was, it didn't just happen at any time. They didn't just walk up always laying the hand on the head. It was very significant that at a specific time uh, before the passing that there would be the hand laid upon the head of the oldest son and he would receive the blessing of the father and of the father's house. And when that happened, the transference uh, happened. It was an impartation or a transference that came to him. And, and here you see the story of Israel crossing his hands and the younger becoming the recipient uh, rather than the older. Oh, there's some real great typology here of, of, uh, of Christ. And we could talk about this for a little while. And I don't want to get too deep into it, but just for image sake, for you to understand that there was some typology here because in all reality, we were the child on the left hand. Mm. But the cross of Calvary came about. <laughs> and the hands are crossed. And the, and the blessing of the Father's house is laid upon his people. And by the crossing of the hands, whoo, I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. It was significant because when the crossing of the hands, here we are tonight. Here we are, the Gentiles that would have never had a hope of salvation, sit in the house of the Lord tonight, filling the presence of God when it didn't really belong to us, but because he gave us opportunity through mercy and grace, there was a time coming when the hands are going to be crossed and he's going to say, I'm going to remove my hand off of the first, off of the first chosen and I'm going to place it upon the second. And then they're going to be blessed and they're going to be blessed in their going in and in their coming out and in everything that they do, they're going to receive the blessing of the Father's house. Now, there's also importance in the laying on of hands, for the laying on of hands was used uh, in the transfer impartation of sin. Uh, if you read in Leviticus chapter 16, uh, and I don't spend a lot of time in Leviticus because it can really bog you down when you get into talking about all of the things that they ate, some things we don't want to even think about. And some of the laws that taught us not to eat certain things that we eat, like bacon. We discussed that at lunch today, and Sister Christina Tapia said something along the lines that uh, if you don't eat bacon your entire life, you're likely to live something, did she say nine years? Did she say nine miserable years longer? <laughs> and so in Leviticus chapter 16, verse 21, says that Aaron... Uh, took his hand and laid his hand upon the head of a live goat. 
No, you can see son, goat, son, goat, goat, son. But he laid his hand upon the head of a live goat. And it was the goat now, the impartation by the laying on of the hands, that the prophet laid his hand upon the head of a goat, and the sin was transferred into that goat or that scapegoat. That's where we get the word. Do young people know that? It was the goat. It was the scapegoat. See, you blame it on your brother or your cousin. And they become the scapegoat because you just took what you are guilty of and you placed it over on the hand. So Aaron took and he placed the sin on that of the goat and the goat is sent out and the goat is sent away um, by the hand of a man into the wilderness. And so the sin has escaped and it's been taken away because he became the scapegoat, the scapegoat. And uh, it, it, the, the, the sin is transferred by the laying on of the hand. Now, uh, I don't want to bog down here, but there's some New Testament examples of laying on of hands. And we could talk a little more about the scapegoat because Jesus Christ took upon himself. I just don't have time to expand this like it needs to be expanded tonight. But I think you get the picture that Jesus Christ, who was in this world but not of this world and had no sin upon himself yet took upon himself the sin of the world and of the Father he became sin for us. He became the scapegoat for us and he was sent he, oh my, 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 I could, uh, I just, I, I want to preach on this for a little while, but I've got to move because I've got to give time uh, to this New Testament example of laying on of hands. The laying on of hands is used in the New Testament, and it is for impartation, but it is not of goods. Uh, I thank God for my father-in-law. He lays his hand on me. I keep thinking he's going to give me something, but likely nothing more than a daughter and a hard time. And in the New Testament, the laying on of hands was a point of impartation of faith. Now, you got to get this tonight. If you miss everything else, get this. We get excited about these Old Testament typologies because it excites us. But I want you to get this. In the New Testament, there was a doctrine of the laying on of hands. And so in our text tonight, you can see Peter and John were sent, and they were sent out to pray for them that had not received the Holy Ghost, and they were to lay their hands upon them and to pray over them. Now, why was it Peter and John uh, that was sent? sent unto them. The laying on of hands denotes some type of relationship uh, as the laying on of hands would be uh, connected to that of a brother and, a, or, and or a sister. The person lays a hand upon another. There is a, it is significant of a, uh, of a, a connection. There is an immediate internal emotional response by the laying on of hands. The laying on of hands is a way of helping an individual or transferring faith into another individual. And it bolsters confidence and faith in a brother or sister 
who cares enough to involve themselves in a need of another through their prayer. And I've taught you about this, and we've talked about this in other times, but I, I want you to get this tonight as we move toward the conclusion of the service tonight to, to, because it is very significant that we understand that, number one, the laying on of hands is not for everybody. It's for those who have been sent of God. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody can't be used at one time or another, but everybody all the time are not intended to be the ones that do the laying on of hands. The laying on of hands, uh, number one, is that it is somebody that has been sent by God, and it is for a purpose. God has sent you for a purpose. There are times when I sense or I feel or I know that uh, we'll be in an altar call and I will sense and feel uh, that somebody specifically needs to pray for somebody else specifically. And I, I don't do this all the time and I don't make a big scene about it, but sometimes I step over to someone and I say, I want you to go and I want you to lay hands on such and such. I want you to go lay hands on them. There is a reason for that. The reason is, is that I sense that God God is wanting to use that person to lay hands on and transfer faith. I sense faith in them at that moment. I sense a spirit of faith upon them. And, and, and I know that uh, it's, it's without a shadow of a doubt. And maybe sometimes because they lack the confidence or, or oftentimes it's because we lack confidence. All of us. To say it's me, it's me God's wanting to use right now. And so you need the word of a pastor, an elder, or somebody to come along and say, why don't you lay hands on them and pray for them? That's why sometimes young people that, that an elder may step to you or somebody more experienced than you or even an older young person may step to you and say, lay hands on them and pray over them. It's because they sense faith in you. It's because they sense faith in you. And so uh, that faith, they're saying lay hands on them because there is a transference of faith that happens through the laying on of hands. And, 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 now if, and that faith comes because of a relationship one with another. If you don't have relationship and you don't have the faith to, 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 to believe or there's no confidence or there is no trust, um, it is very difficult for there to be uh, anything that happens, any type of faith transference, that only happens because of relationship. And so when we are in, when we have confidence in somebody, if I spoke certain names to you tonight and I said, uh, what you did not know tonight is that Lee Stone King is going to step into the house and he's going to minister. He's going to conclude service. Those of you that uh, are aware of Brother Stone King's ministry, if you're here tonight and you have a need, uh, faith would have just gone through the roof. Why? Because he has laid hands on literally hundreds of thousands of people. And they have been healed and received the Holy Ghost. And he has testimony after testimony. He died and God brought him personally back from the dead. And he said that the Lord did that so that he could impart faith to a younger generation. Now he is investing in young men and young women uh, to do a work of ministry. He is, he is investing in, in people such as our good evangelist Brother Heron and my son Gentry and many other young ministers that he, he said the Lord brought him back for the purpose of he still preaches conferences and still does all the above but his purpose for being here is to impart faith 
And that impartation of faith happens through the laying on of hands, the sensitivity. We were in NAYC, and I was down front. My boys had been there. Uh, those of you that were there are aware and know of what happened. I saw a mantle fall, literally thought a mantle fell. I was looking for the mantle, and, and I was trying to find the mantle as I saw it fall upon uh, one of my sons. And when I got there, there was no mantle uh, around him. It was literally something that I saw in the Spirit as I saw a mantle fall upon him. I walked down and was praying for my boys and Brother Stone King just got in earshot, never met him before, he's never met me. He reached out, grabbed me by the hand and he spoke certain words while he was praying over me that was very significant. Very significant. The sensitivity of the man uh, it just goes without saying. And he spoke some specific words. And I knew uh, at that moment that it was significant for me, for my future, and for where God has taken us as a church and taken me personally and taking my ministry. And I just listened as he asked God to do specific things in my life. And, and he just did it in passing. It was just kind of a, a passing uh, as he walked through. And he went to, to my sons, laying hands on them, spending some time praying over over them and and if I told you tonight that Brother Stone King was stepping in if you have the faith your faith would rise if I told you Brother Heron was stepping in tonight many of you have received miracles and God is blessed and your faith automatically is increased because you know that a man of faith is walking in the house and and it increases you see it's a relationship you get that? If I told you, if I told you tonight that that uh, uh, th there was some uh, some evil person that was walking in the house tonight, you would have a whole different emotion. If I told you that 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 they had released some man from death row and he was just going to be in the house tonight, you are immediately your whole emotion changes and the emotion of the room changes and the feeling of the room. You don't want them laying hands on you. You don't. You you need to be laying hands on them. You you know that. There, there's nothing they have to impart. You don't want none of what they got. Come on, somebody ought to shout amen. amen. They need some of what you got. Well, I don't have much. Well, you need to have more. And you need to have the faith to know that you have the power of God working in your life. And you need to have the faith to believe that there is something that you have to impart unto them. Now, I'm not going, uh, if Brother Stone King is in the house, believe me, I am not going up to Brother Stone King, laying hands on him and trying to impart faith to him. I would walk to him in submission and ask him, Brother Stone King, would you lay hands on me and pray over me? Here I am, you're telling me, Pastor, that's right, 48 years old, still feel like a little child when I walk in such a great man of faith. And, and not just Brother Stone King, I'm using him for an example tonight, but many of my elders that I would go to and submit myself to... In no way possible would I ever lay hands on them. But yet Brother Stone King would walk into a room with some of the young men that he lays hands on. And he would say, I want you to lay hands on me. And he humbles himself and asks for them to pray. That's because at that specific moment, he may feel weak. He may feel the lack of faith. And he is wanting the faith of those that he has encouraged to in turn return the, the favor of, of, of um, uh, bolstering his faith and imparting faith to him so that he he may be able to do the job that God has called him to do. So there is a there is a bolstering of confidence and faith, and the laying on of hands in the New Testament always comes uh, here. Uh, the apostles, you see, 
them in our text tonight. And you see them being sent to do a specific work. In Acts chapter 8, you see how Peter and John are being sent. And they are being sent down to pray for them that had not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They were going for a purpose. They were going there for a specific thing, for a specific time. And uh, they were going there to lay hands on people to receive the Holy Ghost. Without a doubt, the word uh, had, had spread abroad. They were there to receive the Holy Ghost, but they had not yet received it. But they had heard about Peter, and they had heard about John and they had heard about the message Peter preached on the day of Pentecost and their faith was high and their confidence was high and they thought oh you know I don't want a Philip Jordan to come to where I am and to pray for me but oh if brother Peter and brother John could get here and could lay hands on me surely I would be healed. Now you understand where I'm going with this tonight because there are moments and times anybody in the house ever you, you good people of faith that maybe you've been sick and you didn't have the courage to pray for yourself. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Uh, anybody ever been at a point? There's many, many times over the last 25 years or so that that uh, I, I have requested of my wife, lay hands on me and pray for me. That's right. I'm supposed to be the spiritual leader of the home. I'm some, the man of the house, and she lets me be. Just kidding, don't, don't stone me yet. Just kidding. I'm the man of the house. I'm the spiritual leader of the home. I'm the pastor of the church. I, I should be the one. I, don't, I shouldn't have to go to my wife, but there are times when I'm sick and I'm weary and I'm weak and I'm, I'm, I'm afflicted in my body and I need help and I don't have the strength to pray for myself. I don't have any courage. And I'll say to my wife, you've got to lay hands on me and pray for me. And she will come and lay hands on me. Sometimes she will call the boys together and she will say, let's go. Let's lay hands on your father and pray over him. Sometimes before I preach, my sons will come to where I am and they just sense and know and see that I may be weak and know that I have the task of preaching before me and they will come to where I am. Sometimes only with just a gentle ask, Dad, do you mind if we pray for you? And of course, I never turn away prayer. and They just lay hands on me, sometimes right in my office and pray over me and ask the Lord to strengthen me and to help me to accomplish what it is. And you see, there is a transference. Anybody get what I'm saying tonight? There is a transference transference of faith that happens. Their faith is being increased. And as I hear them praying, God, you're going to use him tonight. God, you're going to raise him up. You're going to heal him. You're going to strengthen him. You're going to bless him. People are going to get saved. Holy Ghost is going to fall. Things are going to happen. All of a sudden, my faith becomes strengthened because they are laying hands on me and praying over me. So they are strengthening me in faith. Sometimes you need a brother or a sister to come to where you are because your, your faith is low, because maybe you're sick in body. Maybe you're physically weak. Maybe you're emotionally weak. Maybe you've been going through a battle but a good brother or sister comes to where you are and they lay hands on you and they say in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ strengthen them right now. Release them to worship tonight. Use them in the church tonight. Use them in this service tonight. And the Holy Ghost comes over you and you are strengthened and the power of God comes through the laying on of hands. 
Now if I, if I, if I can make, bring this together tonight so you understand that uh, James chapter 5 said, If any is sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church, that they may anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise them up. Here is an act or a principle of obedience to God's plan. Why in the world are we to take oil uh, out of a simple little vial? Nothing special about the oil. Uh, well, it is kind of special. My wife, uh, she made up a real nice ingredient. It smells great, but there's nothing holy about the oil. There, there's no redemption power in the oil. There's no healing power in the oil. But there is through obedience. And so we take the oil and we anoint, according to James chapter 5, in obedience to the Word of God. And because uh, we know that God's Word is true and He's true to His Word. And so, uh, you know, we, we, He could have said, lick your finger and lay it upon their eyeball. Or take your first finger and, and in their ear. I mean, he does have a sense of humor, you know. He, he could have gone about it many ways, but instead he says, taking the oil, anointing them with oil, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up. And so we understand that when you are sick, you are to call for the elders of the church. Unfortunately, what happens a lot of times is exactly the opposite. Somebody gets sick, they want to hide, run from the preacher, and expect the preacher to find out that they're sick. Have to come to where they are and ask if you can pray. You don't want healed. You want babied. Well, maybe I ought to not get so bold on a Sunday night. You've been good to me all day. You've been preaching with me tonight. Here I am meddling in all kind of business. If you are sick or afflicted, the Bible said that you ought to call for the elders of the church and they will anoint you with oil. And when you come with the right motive and the right spirit and the prayer of faith, it will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. There is a transference of faith by obedience. God is bound to his word to do a work in your life. Now I know it's humbling to call, because now we're saying, I'm bothering somebody else. I'm depending on somebody else. I don't want anybody else to do my praying. I'm going to do my praying for myself. Well, you may not ever get your healing. Because I'm, I, I agree with you. I've, I've had people come to me and say, well, Pastor, I know you're busy. Look, this is my job. And this is the Word of God. This is what I have to do. Now, now, you all know how much I love hospital visits. We've talked about that before. But it is my job. It is what I do. And when somebody invites or welcomes or asks or calls, I am bound to go and to anoint them with oil and pray over them. And I believe that when I do so, that God is going to touch them. Now, I'm just simple enough to believe that God's going to do it. So we have to get beyond ourselves and beyond the fact that, well, we're bothering the pastor, we're bothering another elder because sometimes I can't go and I can't get to you, I can't get to where you are. And we have some good elders in the church that have gone and prayed in my place, prayed and prayed in my stead. I appreciate that so very much. We have a good assistant pastor. We've got some good elders in the church. I've called three or four of our men at different times and asked them, would you be able to make a hospital visit for me? I'm out of town. Somebody is sick. Would you mind? 
mind stepping in for me. Let them know that I'm out of town, but I'm sending you specifically. And that person is going commissioned to the pastor to step into a role of spiritual authority to pray over that sickness that is in their body. And this is apostolic teaching that I'm giving you right now. And when they anoint with oil, being commissioned of the spiritual authority over the church, and they lay hands on them, it is the same power that that they would receive if the pastor was laying hands on them because the pastor's doing other work and they're here to do it. That's why it didn't say call for the pastor, but call for the elders. And so the elder goes and lays hand on them, commission of the spiritual authority in obedience to the word of God. And it is the same impartation of faith that comes and there is a transference, but we have to get beyond our pride. And we have to say, I need somebody to lay hands on me. The same is true when we're going through a trial, going through a test, going through a moment. The last thing you want to do is stand up from where you are and come to the front. We try to make it as visitor-friendly and as guest-friendly and as pride-friendly as we possibly can. Come on, everybody's going to come forward. You know why? Because I'm trying to get the four or five I preach to to come forward. And so we try to make it as easy as possible. But when somebody's really hungry, you know, when I can tell when somebody's going to get healed or when somebody's going to get saved or when something, I can tell. I know without a shadow of a doubt, sometimes they sneak up on me and get it anyway. Some people get it without me knowing. But there's some people I know. I watch their demeanor through the service. I watch how it is. And when you get to altar call, they can't wait to get to the front. Throw their hands in the air. They can't wait to say, Pastor, me, 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 me. Lay hands on me. I need you to lay hands on me. They're hungry for it. They're believing. And their faith is there. And they believe that when I lay hands on them, that there is going to be a transference of faith and that God is going to do a work. So there is an impartation or transference that happens. Now here in Acts chapter 8, Peter and John comes and they pray for them. They lay hands on them and the people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And when they do, here is one by the name of Simon. He is a sorcerer. In other words, he is a magician with evil disciplines. He has an evil motive. And it is rooted in the flesh. Now I'm going to take a little time. And I'm going to meddle just a little bit. You see, we got to be careful because Simon thought that his money would be able to buy anointing. Your, your, Your money won't ever buy anointing. And your lack thereof won't ever keep you from being anointed. Come on, somebody apostolic in this house tonight needs to hear what this preacher's saying to you. You can't buy this. You can't work this up. You can't be talented enough. But when God chooses you and God decides I'm going to send you, I've had people ask me, how is it that them? Why is it them? Why is it always them? Why are they the ones that God works through? Because God sent them because he saw something in them that wouldn't say, I want the glory. I'm not going to be a Simon. He wanted the glory. He wanted the prophet. Peter and John walked in and they said, hey, don't see anything in me. Don't you know anything about me? But I'm going to pray in private. I'm going to lay hands and they receive the Holy Ghost. Because he, they were men sent. By God. 
And when you are sent by God, how many of you have ever been sent by God? Oh, surely not. Surely there's more people than that that can lift a hand and say you've been sent by God. Come on, somebody ought to lift your hand. I'm not, this isn't pressure. If you don't, if you've never been sent by God, you need to, you need to get a little more sensitive to what God is wanting to do because God is all the time trying to send you somewhere. God is all the time. They that are the sons of God shall be led of him. We shall be led of God. We, we, there, is a, there is a responsibility to be led or to be sent by God into specific things. There's moments that God tries to send you to somebody to speak a word of faith to them. Well, pastor, I leave all that to you. You need to get spiritually sensitive and, and ask God, Lord, if you can use anybody, won't you send me this week? Let it be me. Let me witness. Let me, let me do a work. Let me do something for you. Let me. Come on. Somebody in the house needs to hear what the preacher's saying tonight. You, you can't do it. Your money won't buy it. You won't be able to do it. But when God decides to send you, he is going to equip you with everything you need when he chooses to send you. I've been put in some situations before that I felt like somebody got me in or I got myself in and I didn't feel any power, any anointing, any authority, didn't feel anything and somebody's wanting me to pray and I'm thinking, Lord, have mercy. I'm not sent for this moment. You ever been there? You're in a situation you don't feel like God sent you for. You kind of got caught in a situation and, and you, don't, you don't feel like you're the person sent for it. But then there are moments that you know that you are sent for that specific moment. This is where spiritual sensitivity comes. And those who lay hands on others ought to be in tune spiritually to know when you have been sent. And when you have not been sent. And to know I have been sent for this specific moment and for this time. And when I do, there is going to be a transference of faith. And you're able to speak over somebody and speak a word and it comes to pass. This morning I was listening intently as Gentry was getting ready to baptize Jason, I believe it is. Is that right? Jason was getting ready to baptize Jason this morning. And I listened to him as he was saying, he said, I'm going to baptize you. And when you go down in this water, your sins are going to be remitted by the blood of Jesus. And when you come out of that water, the gift of the Holy Ghost is your promise. It's going to be yours. You are going to begin to speak with other tongues and you shall be filled with the Holy Ghost. Do you believe that? He said, yes, sir. Now, he could have gone to him and said, Jason, it's just so nice. So nice of you. This is just a great moment. We're going to baptize you. And we're going to do it in Jesus' name. Special times. They're going to take a lot of pictures and some video. And when you come up, smile for the camera. And, you know, somewhere down the road, if God sees fit, after you tarry for a few months, you, you may, God may see fit to give you the Holy Ghost. And he would have said, okay. And he would have gone down and come up and smiled for the camera. But because a young man was sent to speak a word of faith, 
word of faith said when you go down in water, you're going, your sins will be remitted. The promise of the Holy Ghost belongs to you. When you come up out of the water, you are going to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You will begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. You're going to speak in a language you did not learn, and I am not teaching you. But when you come out of the water, yield yourself to God, and the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. And when he came out of the water, he came out of the water. He said, I don't know what language I was speaking. Was that the Holy Ghost? He said, was it a language you didn't know? He said, it was a language I never spoke before. He said, that was the Holy Ghost that was on you. When you came out of the water, you received the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about an impartation of faith that is the work of ministry. I come tonight to tell you that your money can't buy it. But there's some folks in the house tonight so full of faith, so ready to lay hands on somebody tonight. I got a feeling that if somebody in the house would let their faith arise tonight and you would begin to believe God, you could receive your miracle in the house tonight. You could receive your healing in the house tonight through the laying on of hands. If you've never received the Holy Ghost, you could receive it tonight through the laying on of hands there's some people so full of faith they're going to speak a word of faith to you and you're going to begin to believe that anything is possible and you will receive it by faith oh somebody just lift up your hands where you are and call on the name of the Lord I got some more preaching to do, but I, I'm going to wrap this thing up because I want you to know something tonight. The Holy Ghost is in the house. Here's what Mark chapter 16 says. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I came tonight to remind somebody that that's us it's talking about. That's those that have been filled with the Holy Ghost this is talking about. There's somebody in the house tonight needs a healing. You need a miracle. You need the Holy Ghost. You need a financial breakthrough. You need to let your faith loose tonight. You need to come forward and lift up your hands and let one of these ministers lay hands on you. And it's going to happen in the house tonight. Come on, entertain the presence of the Lord right now. Entertain the presence of the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not going to beg you. I'm not even going to tarry long tonight. But if you're hungry for it and you need something from the Lord tonight, you need to dash up here to the front of this room. We need to lay hands on you. And there's going to be a transference of faith in the house tonight. In the name of Jesus. Come on, we don't, we don't have to wait to a specific song. We don't have to wait another 30 minutes. We don't have to tarry for 15 or 20 minutes. There's some folks full of faith tonight. There's some folks full of faith tonight. It's going to happen right now. Riley, I didn't even see you here tonight. I just saw you. This young man's full of faith. Get in here and lay hands on some folks. A young evangelist tonight. He's going to preach for us here in a few weeks. He's going to get in here and lay hands on people tonight. He's going to pray the prayer of faith tonight. Come on, saint of God. Come on, elder. Why don't you go to somebody tonight and lay hands on them. Speak a word of faith over them. In the name of the Lord, it's going to happen. 
This is a moment. This is a moment. God wants to do a powerful work in the house. God wants to do a powerful work in the house. Yes. 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 Come on, we don't need maybe so faith. We need some no so faith. Release it in the name of the Lord. Release it in the name of the Lord. Release it in the name of the Lord. Say, my, my, my. Worship is the way that the battle is won. For oh, 